Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. After the last emotional episode, well, I've written an article for Foreign Policy magazine. That's going to come out very soon. It's about Dedovshina and in the, in the Russian army and the Soviet one before that. So that's, that took up a lot of my time. But right now we're going to finish this month with some really cool episodes. This one's about the news and there's going to be another one where we're going to talk about soldiers' mothers. And um, the Russian soldiers' mothers and how they protest, how they try to protest and what's going on there. I'm going to have Evit on the show and, uh, well, you'll hear for yourselves why everything is not... Not as peachy as one might think. However, this time, well, massive casualties are there on the front lines. But it doesn't move very well. Because, again, it's, it's not to blame the Ukrainians, it's to blame the West for insufficient, insufficient aid, really. At the same time, we have a lot of things going on on the psychological war of this whole thing. For starters, I'm going to have a special article to read for you. That's uh, going to come from... Um, Radio Liberty Europe, which is which is going to be about about a listener's friend who's now suffering because of his family. I think I'll start with that too because we have other news. But uh, I was told that this is important and um, translated the article, and might might be we're going to have the hero of um, of the story here on the show as well later on. It's going to be a bit difficult. See. In the Augarzinsky district of Bashkoristan, literally this morning, security forces conducted a search and detained 33-year-old Rustam Faratidinov, the brother of a Bashkir activist and political immigrant Ruslan Gabasov. Gabasov reported this on his Telegram channel. It just became known that a search was carried out in the house of my brother, father of three young children, and he was taken away with his things, saying that he would sit in prison for me. The activist wrote. In a conversation with Igel Riali, Gabasov said that his brother was detained in his house in the Orgazinsky district in the village of Kurmanyaevo. I know what was about. I know what about how what happened only from the words of my brother's mother and my wife. Oh, sorry, my brother, mother, my brother's mother and wife, said the activist. Sorry, just a bit worried today. They said that many security officials from Ufa arrived early in the morning, 
It is unknown which intelligence agency. They presented some kind of paper with charges, but the brother's wife did not remember which article of the criminal code was charged, being in a state of shock. They only remember what they said. He will sit for his brother. They conducted the search, and it seemed like nothing was seized. They told my brother to pack his things and took him to an unknown location. Now we are trying to find out where he is and what he's accused of. After this conversation, Gabasov told Idei Riali that his brother managed to call his wife and that before the trial, he's being transferred to Ufa pre-trial detention center. According to the daughter-in-law, a criminal case was opened against my brother under some extremist article, the Gabasov said. Tell Ruslan, if he comes to Russia, then they will release me. If not, they will put me in jail. That's what the brother told his wife. And... Let us recall that in March 2023, security forces already detained the mother and brother of Ruslan Gabasov. At the same time, the ex-chairman of the Bashkort organization banned in Russia, uh, Fail Asyanov and Inar Garlin, were detained. All detainees' homes were searched and the computer, equi computer equipment and mobile phones were confiscated. After interrogations, the detainees were released. Then my, brother, my mother and brother were taken from our house in the Ishmabai district, recalled Ruslan. They were first taken to Savalat. Mom was released almost immediately, and my brother was taken to Ufa, to the FSB. Naturally, they interrogated him about me. They asked what we communicate about, how often, and, and so on. All interrogations took place that day without a lawyer. The FSB released him late in the evening, and a few days later, they asked him to come again. He told them that he would now come with a lawyer, then they cancelled the meeting and did not bother him again until today. That's the thing. Now, to put on some context here. See, in April 2023, the media reported that a criminal case was opened against Ruslan Gabasov under Part 2 of Article 205.2 of the Criminal Code of the Russian Federation. Quote, public calls for terrorist activities, public justification of terrorism and propaganda of terrorism. Later, it became known that a criminal case was also opened against the Gabasov under paragraph C of part 2 of article 280.4 of the Criminal Code of the Russian Federation, which is, again, public calls for activities directed against the security of Russian Federation committed using the media or electronic or information telecommunication networks, including the internet, and all that nonsense. Bunch of lawyer stuff here, uh, which I'm not a specialist of. In February 2023, Rosfin Monitoring included Ruslan Gabasov in the list of persons involved in extremist and terrorist activities. In October 2022, the Ministry of Justice added Gabasov to the register of foreign agents. And then finally, in March 2023, Gabasov became the head of the Committee of the Bashkir National Movement Abroad, created by Bashkir political emigrants, the main goal of which was declared to be work to prepare for the independence of the Republic of Bashkoristan, which I fully support myself, by the way, because... <laughs> Russia needs to fall apart, and this is certain by now. Now, I'm being told in our Discord channels that I can get Ruslan here, and I will try to, except that I'm now very tired after all this writing that I've done, but we'll keep in touch. It's going to be great, and hopefully, well, we can expose some more of the atrocities Russia is committing. Before I get to other parts, I'd like to, you know, advertise a bit. Um, I, don't, I don't do sponsored segments here because, you know, ACOS does this for me, but I'd be very thankful if you guys would um, would go to patreon.com slash eastern border and, you know, become our patrons because we lost some due to technolo technological difficulties since Patreon isn't isn't very active these days and 
my mom's health issues and everything is getting a bit worse than usual, so any aid is appreciated. If you can go to theeasternboard.lv and click the donate button there, that would also also help a lot. Meanwhile, again, like I said, not much changes on the front. Some advances, some losses, some people are getting more depressed, but um, nothing major. Well, Igor Girkin, Strelkov, is now running for president, which we totally support, but I thought I think we we thought we talked about it, we talked about this last time. But we'll see what happens from this because there are no new 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 news from him. Sorry, my English isn't perfect today. Because of again, undersleeping and overworking. But there are some interesting uh, things that I need to talk about in the again psychological sense. First of all, Russian education minister says that West is now waging an information war against Russia's new school history textbooks. During a meeting with history teachers at the Herzen State Pedagogical University, Russian education minister Sergei Kravtsov said Western intelligence agencies have launched an information war against Russia's new general history textbook for school students. Kravtsov said that those who attacked the textbook did not want the Russian education system to be sovereign or for history textbooks to include today's objective facts. They want, us to, take, they want to take us back, but it won't work, added the education minister, without you know any specifications as to where or why or anything like that. Kravtsov noted that the textbook will continue to be improved based on feedback from teachers, but according to him, the textbook's foundation is already in place. He said this attack and I put it in air quotes, shows Russia is already winning the information war with society and teachers supporting the textbook. Now, to remind you, starting from September 1st, 2023, Russian high school students began studying general and Russian history from these new textbooks. The chapters of history from the 1970s to the 2000s have been completely rewritten, while a new chapter has been added to cover events from 2014 to the present, including the so-called special military operation in Ukraine. In late September, the new history textbooks faced criticism from public figures and politicians in the North Caucasus region, including Chechnya, due to a passage about Stalin's deportations of ethnic minorities. After the backlash, the Russian, ministry, uh, Russian education ministry rewrote the section. In November, Sergei Kravtsov personally presented the revised textbook to the head of Chechnya, Ramzan Kadyrov, because, well, you know, you have to present everything to Ramzan Kadyrov these days. Meanwhile, at the same time, you know, about schools and everything, bad things are happening there. See, after a regional Duma deputy in Penza, a city in western Russia, criticized a local school director for not wishing to install a memorial plaque for graduates who died in the war, the mayor of the city of Penza, Alexander Basenko, suggested looking at the situation from another point of view, which just shows how many casualties Russia has taken during this war. Basenko said, quote, that he has the utmost respect for special military operation participants, but suggested that a large number of plagues might have a negative impact on children's, phys- uh, children's psyche. He noted that schools are primarily educational institutions with students as young as seven, and some schools have already lost seven or eight graduates during the war, so a lot of schools in the region and in the city, you know, they have these plagues there. And it kind of makes sense, you know, because... Uh, Russia's losses are higher than than in Afghanistan. Around hundred thousand have been dead already. So, like it, it ruins the psyche of the little kids seeing that their future, you know, in their future, they're currently uh, they're all kind of doomed to die. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And Pesenkov said, quote, this is not about saying no. We ask for time, both to honor the memory of those who died and not to create, so to speak, necropolises on school buildings. Masenko added that it was important to work on children's patriotic education so that they would go into the army, saying that after victory, and air quotes I will put that, it would be a time to put up a memorial plaque in honor of all who died. So, you know, they know that no one wants to go and die anymore, that war is getting increasingly unpopular in Russia, and, well, that there are a bunch of issues with the Z bloggers. Uh, I, I told you about the conflict between the blogger 13th and uh, the other blogger uh, Kuznetsov or something. And now now they're dissing on each other's heads because uh, the 13th guy, he's now he's now yelling that there are about, about the Ahmad soldiers run by uh, Kadyrov who do nothing but basically post TikTok pictures of themselves being all heroic and all that nonsense while they're not doing any, any, any fighting. And we have confirmations of these Zagreda triads who uh, shoot soldiers in the heads for running away. So, bunch of nonsense, and of course, of course, the young kids really do not want to do not want to participate in in this nonsense. But it's you know it's it's not close to the revolution. However, this is why Putin, for example, hasn't declared himself a running candidate for now because he might as well be associated with all this nonsense, which means that um, it's not going to be pretty for him in the election, and it's not going to be pretty for him in this well so-called election. Nonetheless, but um, the political situation in Russia is turning, turning more and more dire, which is a bit um, bad. In the meantime, in the meantime, on November 24th, Vladimir Putin himself in the flesh took the stage during the plenary session of Artificial Intelligence Journey 2023, an AI conference in Moscow. Over the course of a more than 30-minute speech, the leader called for the advancement of AI models rooted in Russia's traditional culture. You know, with Valenki and Vatniks and all that stuff. Warning, he was warning that the Western programs that currently dominate the field are xenophobic and are engaged in cancellation of Russian culture. My colleagues at Medusa did some brief retelling of, of his speech, you know, condensing it to the most important parts, because I will not bother you, because I also, you know, listened to the whole 30 minutes of it, and it was, uh, well, quite a lot of nonsense. And uh, here we go. Uh, please take your uh, headphones off for this or, or cry in the corner a bit because this is going to be a bit silly. Quote, Humanity is beginning a new chapter in this, of its existence using artificial intelligence and science education and healthcare. Life is changing at a fundamental level and Russia should be at the forefront of these changes. We must create infrastructure for the widespread use of AI in our country. The new generation of AIs is an outstanding achievement of human intelligence. But how will it feel for humans to be among machines? This is a divisive question throughout the world right now. AI can't replace doctors or teachers, but it may be able to replace their assistants. The future doesn't lie with bans on technology. If you ban something, it will simply develop elsewhere and we, we will fall behind. 
that we must pr practice safety and rationality when using AI. And in doing this, traditional culture should be our foundation. It serves as the ethical regulator of technological progress. As do the ideals of goodness and respect for humanity that Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, Chekhov and the sci-fi writers Belyayev and Yefremov, who by the way totally suck, but that's not a question, wrote about. In an era of technological revolution, cultural and spiritual heritage will be the key factor of preserving national identity. The dominance of Western development in Russia is dangerous and unacceptable. It's important that we use Russian solutions to create AI systems that are safe for humans. Domestic AI models should reflect the richness of the world culture, heritage, and the wisdom of all civilizations. The, bias, the basis of our development should be the traditional values along which the richness of Russian language and the languages of other peoples of Russia could be expressed. Some Western search engines operate selectively and with a bias. They cancel Russian culture, not, thinking into, not taking it into account. A task is assigned to a machine and it uses only English language data. The algorithm may indicate to the machine that Russia, with our culture, science, music, and literature, simply does not exist. And to be honest, at this point, I would really much, and this is for me, uh, would be very much enthusiastic about it ceasing to exist, because I'm fed up of this aggressive neighbor that just, you know, decides to be violent and, you know, disregards any human rights whatsoever, but that's just my opinion. This is cancellation in the digital space, which I want to comment again on, because cancellation in digital space, well... You have cancelled me enough, Mr. Putin. You have put, you have almost destroyed my webpage. You have butchered my wi my wife's little sister. Literally, you have destroyed my previous marriage. You have made me suffer, made me beaten up, and all this stuff. And so you have done pretty much a, a lot of cancellation on your own. Not even mentioning banning all the books that you're doing currently in Russia, making good authors foreign agents, and you know Saharov and all these people who actually did some good job. Yeah, their personas non grata. Talk about cancellation culture. I despise this nonsense. Then, then he dares to say, the same thing can be done with other cultures. Nonsense. No one cancels anyone in the cultural space more than you do, Mr. Putin. But carrying on, this kind of xenophobia can arise even from artificial intelligence if it's created according to certain Western standards. The technological world of the future must be multipolar and must be built on the basis of trust. And to that point, to that point, I could uh, agree with that, the fact that it should be multipolar, it should not be American-centric, definitely, because there are multiple cultures in the world, but not, not to Vladimir Putin to decide who is the winner, who is the loser, not to the people who actually, you know, do this stupid, stupid nonsense of claiming that something's been culture, culturally cancelled and all that nonsense, really. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Russia itself, well, they're militarizing the economy. That's the final part of this today's episode. See, on November 17th, Russia's state Duma approved the final version of its national budget bill for the next three years. Five days later, the plan was approved by the Federal Council. But when Putin signs the bill into law, it will mark the first time in modern Russian history that a budget has designated more money to the military than the social spending. At 10.7 trillion rubles, which is 120.8 billion dollars, Expenditures on national defense make up a third of all spending outlined in the budget, while social spending reserves 7.5 trillion rubles, which is 84.7 84 billion, through, though the latter account also included some military-related military expenditures, such as medical care for injured soldiers. Russian Finance Minister Anton Silyanov has defended the bill as necessary to ensure victory. And that's all. Going a bit. Going a bit insane. By the second reading of Russia's next national budget bill, state Duma deputies and officials had introduced over 900 amendments, 
768 of which was, were ultimately adopted. Most of the proposed changes concerned the relocation of spending from the classified part of the budget to the public part. As a result, the unclassified part increased by 1.17 trillion rubles, which is $13.2 billion, reaching 26.82 trillion rubles, which is $302.8 billion, according to the outlet RBC. Most of the redistribution occurred in the budget's national defense section. Its non-classified portion increased by 722 billion rubles, which is $8.2 billion. The category that had the second highest amount of funds redistributed was national economy. 152.49 billion rubles, which is 1.7 billion, were transferred from the classified to the non-classified section. A significant part of these funds are set to go to rebuilding the Ukrainian regions that rush next. However, we all know that this money is going to get stolen and no rebuilding is actually going to happen. In total, for the next three years, the Russian authorities moved about 7 trillion rubles, $79 billion, from budget's classified section to its non-classified section, according to the finance ministry. While this did increase transparency, the budget remains more classified than any previous one. The share of expenditures that are classified will be just under 27% in 2024, compared to about 19% in 2022, and 15% in 2021. And I know this is a bit of economy, but I have to remind you that I was very angry about, you know, our European and United States industries actually helping out, helping out Russians to wage this war. Now, the sanctions are all fine, but they're not working because there is no enforcement. And today, today I found out that, um, in the EU at least, there are companies in large countries who are like saying that, you know, secondary sanctions shouldn't be as bad. Yeah, I mean, instead of, um, instead of trying to win the war... The EU, at least, is working to live with the war to cause, you know, minimum heartache to the EU citizens. It should be winning the war that we should be worried about. End this as fast as possible, and then, you know, worry about the rest. There's no living with the war. The endless suffering must end for once. Again, I'm a bit angry about the situation, but it is what it is. And I think what angers me the most about the whole this situation is the fact that, truly, it seems to me, that most people are just trying to live with the whole situation. But sometimes you have to just play to win. But okay. Okay, that's enough of my anger. Tomorrow we'll hear Evita, um, my fiance, by the way, yeah, uh, talk about this, her experiences with Russian women because we have a lot, of to- lot to talk about Russian mothers of mobilized who will, are protesting, but they're doing very badly and how the government treats them. It's going to be an interesting story because I need to catch up on the episodes after I spent a lot of time writing. But yeah, that's it for today. Das Vidanya, Tvarish. And remember, as always, happiness is mandatory.